Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. I still love the intro, man. It's the Wesson Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're at the Charlotte Auto Show. It starts today. It lasts through Sunday, November 20th at the Charlotte Convention Center. Happy to be here looking at what is an impressive, I mean, like the Garage Mahal of different cars right in front of me. It's impressive to see how every single car, too, feels like it just got washed. Everyone is squeaky clean. And I was asking Colin, management, Jeff, if you're listening, I don't know why. I was wondering if we could possibly get a car to take home with us as well. But I don't think that happened. And so I don't know unless you heard something different. Well, that would be great, man. And I know I saw you over there doing the air drums before we came in. So I know you feel in the intro for sure. Uh, But, yeah, man, these cars I hear are absolutely insane as soon as you walk in. I mean, you just get a glimpse of the life. You know what I'm saying? You're seeing Porsches and and Chargers and all kind of stuff, man. This is a car lover's dream. I mean, it's crazy. And and your son is a big car fan. Oh right? man, I mean, I mean yeah. it right now. Yeah, we talked about it earlier this week. You know how he he can't go because we had some uh, <laughs> little mishaps this oh, week. No. So you know he has to learn. But man, he would be coming in here naming all of the cars by their specific titles, not just oh that's a cool Ferrari. He would be like, Dad, that's a Ferrari SVJ 9000 Turbo. It's got this, that, and the third. Is that even a real thing? Did you just make that I up? I made that up. <laughs> okay. But he knows all of the specific models for these cars, man. Um, I do know one car, and it's the one behind me to the right, and it's mm-hmm. the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Yes. If anybody is interested in that, that is something that is also here at the garage. So I don't know if that's something that I wonder if they'll be anybody. cooking out of that thing, I, making I, some hot dogs. I, I would like it. I kind of feel like I want to go into the mobile, too, just to see what it looks like. I've never been in. That would be a great thing. I mean, I just just to be able to say I have done it. Yes. I, don't, I don't. It's a weird bucket list item that I did not know was a bucket list item, but I saw it. Now I want to go into the car and see exactly what it's like. Yeah, I think that'd be dope. I think it'd be even better if we could drive it, but I could not imagine <laughs> trying to maneuver that thing around I, traffic. I don't even know what to do with that if I did if I was able to drive it. You can text us 704-570-9610. That's the Garage Door Guru text line. We have a lot to get to. Scott Fowler, he's going to be joining us. He has has a podcast speaking with a whole bunch of Carolina legends and this week he released a podcast talking with Roy Williams so Roy Williams the conversation he had shared an interview with him awesome stuff we're going to talk to Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer David Tepper if you're listening you can listen to this interview as well because it's good stuff from Scott Fowler as well again 704-570-9610 that's the text line if you want to share some of your thoughts all right we pulled up to the scene it's going to be kind of sad, a little bit of despair with LaMelo Ball being injured last night. We do have some things to celebrate in Carolina, though, especially with some college football games. You do have two teams in the Carolinas that maybe have an outside shot at the college football playoff, but you also have a shot at a Heisman Trophy here in Carolina. We're going to get to all of that right now as we get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! The big news of the day is unfortunate news. LaMelo Ball leaves the Indiana Pacers-Charlotte Hornets game last night after injuring the same ankle that kept him out for about a month's worth of time to add the insult to the injury. 
LaMelo Ball suffered this injury with a minute and 34 seconds left in a game. That was probably already decided, but what I do want to stop right out of the gate is any any type of criticism for Steve Clifford because there was still a shot. So this wasn't anything that Steve Clifford could have done holding him out so there wasn't any injury. I don't want to have that conversation today. I just want to talk about how unfortunate it is, and I also want to discuss exactly what the Hornets can do moving forward to feel like what the most amount of hope that could come to Charlotte Hornets fans? What would happen in that type of scenario? So, Wes, what do you think is the next step for the Charlotte Hornets team after LaMelo Ball might be missing some time? We just don't know the length of that timetable. Well, last night, let me start off Queen City. We were teased. We were tantalized with the talents of one LaMelo Ball. We know that he started off shooting kind of bad, getting his wind up under him, if you will. But we got 26 points on 10 of 17, shooting 5 of 8 from 3. So we saw all of the skills last night. But then they were taking away from us by the basketball guys. What should they do going forward? Build a prayer visual in the locker room. Go in there multiple times a day and pray to the basketball guys for Victor Wembenyama and some more reinforcements to come in. I think that maybe they take a page of the Kyrie Irving book, and I know everybody's running away from the radio. Don't quite do that yet. Maybe we can burn some sage or something like that. Something. We had the question today on Lockdown Hornets, are the Charlotte Hornets cursed? And Doug Branson was taking the angle of it being maybe so that that absolves the Hornets of responsibility, that being cursed just absolves this team from the decisions that they've made, but it certainly feels like it. And then even when you're talking about a minute and 34 left, yeah. the fact that it was that close to the game being over. And here's the other thing, too, Wes, that really hurts. LaMelo looked awesome last night. Right. Like, this was the return of your franchise player. He looked fantastic. He was hitting threes. I'm not worrying about the jumper anymore after two games. He was hitting from a lot of different spots on the floor. The runner was working for this game against Indiana. And then LaMelo goes down. I mean, Wes, you know what the time is. We're going to have the tank talk today. Yeah. I know people have been talking about it. I know our boss man, Jeff Rickard, not exactly thrilled with the idea of tanking. I feel like I may, might be, and you might be along the road with me here, but it just might be us two, the only ones that might think it's a good idea to start tanking right now. Well, listen, if you're ever going to tank, this is the year. Yeah. Okay, I know we've had a lot of hope, Charlotte. Only three teams and 23 tries in the lottery have won the number one pick that had the worst record. But we still got to hope. You still have to have a shot. You still have to have a shot to try to do it's it. It's happened before with LJ, man. It can happen again. Yeah, we'll see if they're able to do it. The other thing I want to talk about today, this weekend, we still have North Carolina playing some football. That's not the marquee matchup that the Heels had with Wake Forest this past weekend. Right. But you still have Drake May playing. And any time Drake May takes the field, it is must-see football because of how special he is. Today, Wes, I'm going to make the case that Drake May should win the Heisman Trophy because of how he's playing. I looked at precedent. I looked at some of the quarterbacks that have won it in the past. Mm -hmm. I've looked at some of the guys that were just on the outside in a similar scenario where maybe a team doesn't get to the college football playoff, but the quarterback is putting up stupid numbers. I think there is a shot. Now, I'll make the case, but just asking you to put your prediction pants on do you think drake may has a legitimate shot not only to go to new york because i'd be kind of surprised at this point if he's not an nyc mm -hmm. but do you think there is a shot that he actually takes this thing home 
I do not think there's a shot that he takes at home. I think there's there's a small chance, but I just don't think, as we talked about ad nauseum, the moments, the big games that some of the other guys will have that will be on the conscious of the voters and the conscious of the public. So that's the thing that I think will hurt him because he just came out of nowhere. But as I said, next season, when everybody knows who this guy is, everybody knows what he's capable of, then I think all of the gas will come and each week will be an audition for him because I feel like next year he could have strong enough odds that it will be his to lose. I think so too and Drake May can't leave college football after this year so he's going to have a shot to maybe get his Archie Griffin on and win two times. We just got to win one if you're Drake May right now. I don't even know if that's going to be a possibility but he's going to be a skilled enough player to at least be in the conversation a couple of years in a row. The other thing we want to discuss today is the Carolina Panthers their game against the Baltimore Ravens this weekend my question is what does it mean big picture if Carolina actually beats the Ravens because I feel like we've been on this emotional roller coaster this year Uh we came into the season feeling like there was an outside shot at the playoffs and then they lose a couple field goal games Cleveland New York just doesn't happen for Carolina you win a game against the Saints and then you start to lose a little more to the point where Matt Rule is fired Steve Wilkes and company they end up pulling off one of the bigger upsets in Panther history against Tampa Bay with PJ Walker starting at quarterback and then you have the bad bad performance against Cincinnati now you beat Atlanta it is a an emotional roller coaster watching what Carolina has how much is the ascent going to be if they beat Baltimore here, Wes, where we can have the tank conversation with Charlotte, people a little more reluctant to do so with Carolina right now? Yeah, I think all it means is that you beat the Baltimore Ravens. And that's a good win. That's all it's going to mean because at the end of the day, the Buccaneers are starting to wake up. My guy Tom, terrific, starting to get it going down there in Tampa. You need to stop right? saying that my guy stuff, man. Listen, I, I don't know what's worse, by the way. No, no, no. Fans, I, I want to know if fans – hate more that you said Mike Myers is my guy yeah. or Tom Brady? What is the more scary thing? Because I honestly can't decipher which one is worse from you. Well, I wonder if Michael Myers is my guy. Would I he said Mike me? Myers. I hope you don't have anything against the comedian. Yeah, so anyway. well, if Michael Myers is my guy, do you think he that would spare me if he ever ran down on me? Uh, it might be. Because that might help. Although, probably not because he's a psychopath. Yeah. I don't know. if, if Look, if you're running from Michael Myers and then you want to turn around and try to reason with him, that's the moment you die. But see, I think he has so many powers. I think he can hear me, <laughs> you know, through telekinesis or whatever <laughs> no, you want to say. I, you're just giving him superpowers. I'm now. saying I think that he can. I think that he could hear me. But, so then he would know in his conscience what's up with me, and I'd be like the cop that can always talk to him and reason with him. But I think Wes, he did end up killing that. Wes, uh, that, I don't know much cop. about Michael Myers. Uh, yes, he did. Yes, yeah, he did. He did. All right, so he I got no killed, shot. Even in the Ron Zombie version, he <laughs> killed the Jan. That yeah, had a good yeah, relationship I got with no him. shot, man. You so don't anyway, have a shot. Yeah, You're giving no him shot. superpowers. He's still you, my guy, though, man. You, you don't have to saying? give Tom Brady any more superpowers, though, because that guy is especially impressive. But yeah. Carolina beat Tom Brady, and so it would be crazy, right? I mean, if Carolina ends up winning this game, this is all hypothetical, I get it. They right. are big-time underdogs. But if they do, then you will have beaten Tom Brady, the best yes. quarterback of all time, and Lamar Jackson, who is an MVP. I don't know how much of a shot I give them. It's weird because you look at some of the ESPN analytics and they actually tell you they have some players that are pretty good at stopping the run. They actually have some players that are pretty good getting into the backfield Mm -hmm. and and causing havoc, wreaking havoc on the quarterback with Matt Ioannidis, somebody that doesn't get praised a whole lot. So you look at the analytics, 
they're telling you one story. You're looking at the actual production, some of the just traditional stats, how many yards on the ground they give up per game. That does not paint nearly as good a picture. So what do you think happens here when they play Baltimore? Do you think the traditional stats are a little bit more um, predictory, if you will? I don't think that's a real word, predictive. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go with the analytics, which one are you kind of believing right now? Well, going with my Queen City Magic Theory, that's what I'm going to go with. The fact that when you feel like the Panthers have no shot and the team is great at doing something and they're just going to do it all over the Panthers, they always seem to find a way Mm -hmm. to come out and stop and buck that trend and buck that way of thinking. So I feel like the Panthers would put up a fight for just a little bit uh, against the Ravens and Lamar will find a way because he is the best player on the field, no doubt about it. I think on Friday we won't have any argument over who the top guy is out there playing on the field and he will make the difference. All right, text us at 704-570-9610. We're going live from the Charlotte Auto Show. (laughs) Simon Says said if the Hornets are indeed cursed, then it doesn't matter if they tank. They're not going to get Victor. It's a good point. So I guess I don't need to make the point that they are cursed because then I don't have any evidence to tank. But I'm going against it. We're going to have that conversation coming up next. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are out at the Charlotte Auto Show at the Charlotte Convention Center. It's happening today, begun at 12 o'clock. Going to be lasting until 9 p.m. And then on Saturday and Sunday, it'll be lasting from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Saturday, Sunday, the Charlotte Auto Show will last from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. The Charlotte Auto Show revs its engines for the 29th year here at the Charlotte Convention Center. Plus, there's Hero Day where you get free entry with ID on November 17th. That's today to those who have gone above and beyond to honor and serve, including the medical community, teachers, first responders, active military, and even veterans as well. So, again, it's at the Charlotte Convention Center. It's starting right now so come out and uh, check out what is an awesome array of cars 704-570-9610 that is the garage door guru text line i love it when we're in sync even when we're afar man fitty was on it that's something that we've been trying out and it's worked so i appreciate that from fitty you can text in and stanford p texted me a content idea that i want to share with everyone else he said the hornets are cursed the curse began July 11th, 1996. That was the day that the Hornets officially traded Kobe to the Lakers. It is now known as the Kobe curse. Which, look, the Kobe Bryant thing, like, I get it. Every, Kobe Bryant went on to have what is one of the better careers of all time, one of the best careers of all time. I know you know that as a Lakers fan. The thing is, the Hornets Used were doing that in already a premeditated trade that was going to happen with the Lakers, right? So that was always going to happen. I get it. But that is not to say that the Hornets have not been with other examples of curses that could have started all of this. So I want people to text in 704-570-9610. In your mind, when did the Charlotte Hornets curse start? What happened to this franchise that did not allow them to ever reach a conference finals? The only one of like two teams, maybe, like in any sport, to never reach a conference finals. I think it is something that bad. 704-570-9610. Some of the early entries here are not only Kobe Bryant, but Colin brought up, which is a great one that I often forget about, when the city voted for the new Charlotte basketball team to be named the flight, the Charlotte flight, 
which would have been fantastic. Yeah, I like that. But the owner decided, no, we're going to be the Bobcats because my name is Bob, and Bob is in Bobcats, and that's our nickname. And so that was a curse right there. Man, nope, that's not going to happen. We also had a curse, I think, when George Shin decided to take the team to New Orleans. That's one as well. So I do feel like there's a couple. Um, somebody else wrote in, wasn't Jamal Mashburn the first uh, free agent we re-signed? I don't know if that would be a curse. The curse is when MJ became owner. You know, that one's, it's not been great since MJ has become <laughs> owner. So again, 704-570-9610. Somebody else said that's the Alonzo morning trade when that happened. But he kind of went it out, though. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, in my mind, even though we got a great consolation, but when we lost out on Big Shaq. That's the tough one. But the thing, it was a great consolation, but then Morning wanted to go. The thing is, and I've talked about this a lot, Bob Bass, awesome GM. Mm -hmm. The fact that you are, as a small market, able to move from star to star when somebody either wanted out or it was the end of the prime for that star, kind of crazy. I mean, you have Alonzo Mourning, you flip that into Glenn Rice, who put together some of the most crazy numbers ever in a three-year stretch, certainly for this team. Yeah. That 97 year for Glenn Rice, I think it was 97, shot like 47% from three. I mean, are you kidding me? Glenn Rice was Walking absolutely buckets. insane. I mean, just absolutely insane. I remember insane. the All-Star game when he won the MVP. Still to this day, yep. our only All-Star MVP. I mean, what, lit it up. What, I used what a ball with him on NBA Live. Oh, well, those things were great. Like, I, it, It's the one guy <laughs> I would go to, him and Reggie Miller, where I didn't care about dunking in NBA Jam, like you would just you could just go to Glenn Rice, oh, and then you would sure. just you would just have the fire basketball, analytic basketball back then, <laughs> yeah. in NBA Jam, we firing were, up the trays. We were ahead of our time. I think that's what it was. And then when you flip Glenn Rice for even guys like you get Anthony Mason too, but Glenn Rice was flipped for Eddie Jones. Mm -hmm. So Eddie Jones came in here. All-star appearance for the Charlotte Hornets. And then you flip Eddie Jones for Jamal Mashburn, who came in and balled and then eventually got an all-star appearance with the New Orleans Pelicans. But So Bob Bass, just a real quick shout-out, RIP, to a great GM here. And now a GM in Mitch Kupchak is going to have to make the decision on what the direction of this franchise is here, Wes. A lot of tank talk today, mm -hmm. right? I know Jeff was talking about this on Charlotte Sports today. He's not a fan of tanking. I know a lot of people aren't. Losing mentality, no doubt. From the higher-ups in an organization, it's a losing mentality. Now, the reward is supposed to be that you have a chance at winning on the other side, but it's absolutely a losing mentality. I just can't ignore the potential reward on the other side, especially when you discuss what the season looks like right now, Wes. This is a team that is going to be without their franchise player for a certain amount of time. I don't know the severity of it, but let's talk about this being another month. Lamelo, he comes back, and then in the third game of his ankle injury return, steps on the fan of somebody sitting courtside. We can get to that in a moment, too. But steps on the foot of a fan sitting courtside, immediately is in agony. I mean, angry, cursing, going to the bench because he knew. He knew as soon as that happened, he was going to miss some time and wasn't putting any weight on it whatsoever when he was being helped off of the court and going to the locker room. So you're, t you're telling me right now, that you don't have LaMelo, you don't have Gordon, and that's not somebody that you can bank on coming back. Not at all. Guy hadn't played 50 games. Yeah. Not one season for the Hornets, which was foreseeable, by the way. Terry Rozier has been banged up a little bit, although for the most part an Iron Man, considering some of the other injuries that the Hornets have missed out on. But Terry Rozier's not playing very well right now. There's too many injuries. Cody Martin's going to be missing four to six weeks. My question is, what is the alternative this year? Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, it's not like holding on to those guys is going to bring you to the promised land next season. We've already done this experiment, right? Like, the question is, 
how much can LaMelo improve? Can he get to all-NBA level with the help of Gordon, with the help of Terry? Okay, that's fine. But remember, Terry's just beginning what is a pretty big payday for him. Like, the contract is just starting this year in what he agreed to. Gordon Hayward, you might as well trade him when you can get some kind of assets before he gets too old to a point where nobody wants him anymore. The idea for me right now, Wes, is to explore every trade possible for Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, maybe a Kelly Oubre, because he's played well. Like, and I was, a, I was a huge hater on him coming into the season just for the second half of the season, the way he played. But I actually have a lot of credit to give for Kelly Oubre. I think he's changed the way he's played. And even if the shot's not there right now, I just want to give him some love. I think it's time, Wes. I do. I think it's time to explore every trade possible for Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, and then you go from there. Now, what if LaMelo comes back in a quicker time? Like, what if last night was kind of a false alarm where it was just a little bit hurt last night, but then he comes back quicker? Do you still keep that same plan? That's the question that you have to ask yourself. But as far as what their plan should be, yeah, I think you do try to see what pieces that you can get uh, for the guys that you have on this roster. Just tell LaMelo, you know, let him know what you're in on. And he understands that this is a business. And what uh how pro basketball works and that they're trying to get better because you have to be trying to become a contender you cannot live in the middle in the gray you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying you can't just sit there and be like oh well just getting to the plan is enough and that's the question do you have a clear direction where are you trying to go and that goal is to get that larry o'brien so for a market like this yeah sometimes you might have to build slower but you have to do everything necessary to try to either rebuild, and since you have LaMelo, a young star, in his third season, and so you say, okay, well, we're going to get the requisite pieces around him that are around his age that we can build for two or three years down the line to really be a competitor because you know you're not trying to win now. This team isn't in win-now mode, and even with trades that you can make, this is not going to be a win-now scenario. Right. 704-570-9610. Mitten Hill Dan wrote in with all the high ankle sprains with the Hornets. They should really take the turf out of the Spectrum Center. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they should. Man, this is the problem. Just yeah. get all – I don't care where the turf is get out of Charlotte so there's no more ankle sprain. Now, somebody else wrote in. I'm trying to find this. Somebody said that they, yeah, 704 number wrote in and said that they got one of the Hornets logos, and it actually looks pretty cool. I'll show you the picture. So they actually got one of the Hornets logos off the old Coliseum before they imploded it, and he thinks that's when the curse started. Man, I'm glad that 704 number is anonymous. If that's <laughs> when the curse started, then bring back the logo. This is like on some ancient burial ground. Bring back the logo, and then everything else can happen to the point where the Hornets just get to a conference finals. Just that, that's, I'm asking for a playoff series at this point. Wes, you talk about the LOB being the goal. Yeah. Larry O'Brien, championship. What if it's not, though? What if it's not for the Charlotte Hornets, not right now? Because that's, I think, the problem when people talk about tanking. It doesn't have to be the goal right now. Mm -hmm. The goal for the Hornets should just be to go to heights they've never been to before. They've only been to the second round a couple of times in their franchise's history. Mitch Kupchak, I always thought, had the right idea when he would speak to media. We need to get to a point where we're not just reaching the playoffs. We need to be able to compete in that first round. I like that idea. Because at the end of the day, if you get blown out in four games, do you hold up a trophy for that? The answer is no. No. So the only reason you're in any kind of postseason play right now is because they extended it to ten teams in a conference, and you got to the play-in a couple times. Then you got blown out. If you decide to tank this year by trading Terry, by trading Gordon, getting some assets in return, 
having LaMelo, do whatever you want to with P.J. I think he's a good rotational piece for the future, but if you think you can get a first-round pick, light protection, go ahead and make that trade. That's fine. You keep LaMelo at all costs, and then you see what can happen in the draft. It might be Wimbenyama. If not, that sucks, but it might be Scoot Henderson, who I absolutely love, too, at number two overall. Mm -hmm. It will go Wimby and Scoot, number one and number two. That will be the order, no matter what team is choosing. So if you can get one of those guys, that is going to, one, exponentially raise the value of a franchise. Hey, MJ, if you care about money, that's going to help you a lot if you hit on this. And two, what is also going to help is giving LaMelo an actual legitimate star. And then maybe, just maybe, you can have a nice foundation to get not only to the playoffs, but just winning a playoff series. So when people talk about the success rate of tanking, Philly is awful about it. Because Philly didn't benefit from it because they haven't won a championship. Yeah, but they're in a pretty good spot right now. You know, there are other teams that are certainly not in the spot that the Hornets are, and I want to get there. I want to get to that point, and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen this season, which seems very, very lost, especially after LaMelo goes down with another injury. And let me tell you right now, if we get Wemby, mm-hmm. I think that I, they will fulfill the prophecy that I've said that I believe I will go to my grave before the Hornets make the NBA Finals. I'm just telling you that right now, Queen City. He's that good. That is what you want. He's good enough to where you almost give up the whole team in the draft and all your picks just so you can get this guy. This guy is the star of stars, okay? Scoot, I'm a little leery about the combo guard. Oh, I know man, you, you love watch him, him. I, I I'm love just him. like, you know, we're going to end up getting Terry Rozier again. No, no, but, no. Um, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Willie Colley-Stein and, and Derek Lively, man. It ain't that. But, yeah, so um, but this franchise, as I said, they have to keep building with the object of being a contender in mind. Like you said, yeah, we might not win a championship today or next year, but you want to become a contender. That's, that's what this is all about here. Getting to the first round of the playoffs is the next step. And so you want to just continue to put pieces. I lie like the Oklahoma City Thunder did, where they continually put the young guys together. KD came first, then Westbrook, and then Harden, I mm-hmm. believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That would be the optimum of what you want if you're the Hornets, where you have LaMelo, he's the starting block, and then after that you add a couple of other pieces to where you can really get some dynamic talent. Now, where you end up getting three future MVPs, we don't know. That. No, and that and that's that's fine for that to be an outlier, right? Because so much of the argument about tanking is it's not a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, so is the path that you're on. I mean, what's interesting is that people, and rightfully so, the Indiana Pacers are a well-run organization the past couple of decades. Sound basketball decisions. Absolutely are, right? And people Mm -hmm. want to point to them and say, well, they aren't tanking. Okay, well, point to their championship. Where's their LOB? Right. But people want to point to that. It doesn't make any sense. It's not guaranteed to tank and then get a championship, but you want to point to the Pacers. You want to point to some of these other teams. Now, they have been multiple times a contender. Oh, no, no. You're, absolute, you're absolutely right yeah. about that. So the Hornets have to hit on their draft picks, no doubt about it. Yeah. I'm not here to tell you that the Hornets are a better organization than the Pacers because they're not. I mean, what Charlotte has done, so, or what, what the Indiana Pacers have done the past decade, they've hit on draft picks, six with Ben Matherin. They made a savvy trade for Tyrese Halliburton. They did that with Depot and DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah. They drafted well with Danny Granger and Paul George. Like, we see the draft history. At the end of the day, Charlotte has to do that. But when you point to these other teams that were built, quote-unquote, the right way, then you better come to me with the championship in hand. You know, like... The, the right way is to get a star at the top of the draft, more most likely, or somewhere in the top A mega 10. star is yeah. what you need. Yeah, because the NBA is a star league, and then you make some small, yeah. you make some trades, whether they're small, whether they're big. 
you know, that's a that's a, another way to do this. So if you're a small market, like Stanford P. wrote in again, you know, can, can a, a small market team like this keep these stars? I, I mean, I don't know, but the, the rules are the best they possibly have ever been for that to happen because LaMelo's going to get more money here than he would anywhere else. So LaMelo, by all accounts, seems to love Charlotte. He's told us a million times. I mean, we can only go off of what he has told us at this point. So I hope so with all that money coming his way, with what seems to be a genuine love for the city, with his work ethic, the dude's always in the gym. That's just, I mean, that's, he's the guy that is putting the workout on the gram, right? Like, the Hornets are doing that for him. It's, it's true. So, I mean, all of that to say maybe LaMelo could stay here, help this team out, you bring another star alongside him, which to me, for this season, I'm not saying you got to be the Thunder and do this for five straight years. I'm not saying that. But this year, tell me what they're supposed to do right now. Do you think this team can win? Because right now, it's only the Detroit Pistons that are worse than them in the Eastern Conference. And you know what? A lot more hope with Detroit going forward than there is for the Hornets right now. No doubt about it. And coming into this season, I've said it over and over that I thought that this Hornets team was going to be a lottery team even at full strength. Uh, when you look at the odds of the teams that win the lottery, it's not very high or guaranteed that you're going to get the top picks. So maybe that's the route we need to go. Just, you know, middling in the lottery and then hopefully luck up because that w that's the way it seems to work. Uh, for a lot of basketball teams, but you need to get the guy because think about some of the stretches we've been in recently in the NBA. We looked at Golden State and Cleveland playing each other in the finals. What was it, four or five straight times or five out of six years or something crazy right. like that because they had the guys. Now, Golden State did it organically, drafting Steph and then continuing to build with Clay and the crew. We know that. And then Cleveland had the guy. They had LeBron. They got one of the rock stars. And that's what you need to get. And that's why, as I said, if you get Wimby, he's going to be one of those guys. I feel comfortable in saying that. But if not, like I said, looking at some of the mock drafts that you see, with well, some of these guys, they got us SIs, got us taking I guess his name is Jairus Walker from Houston. He yeah, I haven't be, done all the yeah, draft Yeah, he may be a good player, yet, or yeah. I see a Keontae George from like Baylor uh, at six. But still, these aren't guys, in my opinion, that are going to come into this organization, give us the hope that we're going to one day be an Eastern Conference contender. It would feel great just to look in a magazine. Let's say the Bucks are still great in three years. And you just want to look in there and see, can the Hornets knock off the Bucks at the top of the Eastern Conference? Absolutely. You just want to feel like you have a shot. And so until you can start to get some of those type of guys in there. And, and the thing is, too, man, you just want to see from the top the aggression. Can we see that you're trying to make moves to win? And, and that's the part of the responsibility the for the Hornets. 100%. Yeah, even if the move seems a little desperate, at least we know that you're trying up there to put a contender on the floor, not just a team that can barely make it. Yeah, absolutely. 704-570-9610. That is the Garage Door Guru text line. The bagel guy wrote in, I thought I read a report that Victor Wembenyama will increase the franchise value by $500 yep, million. I saw that just too. By, Bill Simmons talked about that. Yes. And, and Bill Simmons, man, like, you know, say what you want ridiculous at times but that guy knows the business side of the nba mm -hmm. quite well one of the guys that called the kind of valuation that phoenix is going to get with some of these other teams i mean this is a lot of the reason why owners invest in the nfl and the nba is because these things go up in value and then mm -hmm. they're able to sell them if one any kind of controversy happens or they just want to make a boatload of money victor would help them do that and maybe scoot wouldn't but you know People want to say it's not guaranteed at one. See how many teams can draft pretty well at like six or seven. Okay, yeah. I mean, increase the odds that you get that. 
increase the odds that you get six, five, four, three, two, one, mm-hmm. something like that. The higher you go up, and if you get to a bottom three record, which well attainable for the Hornets right now, then you have just as good of odds as the worst and the second team. So it, it, the worst team and the second worst team. So again, seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. We're out of the Charlotte Auto Show. We're going to send it back to the studios for Fitty. It's time for a flash. What you got for us, Fitty? <laughs> Well, guys, we'll keep it on the NBA circles as it was a wild night in the association. The Knicks, they stopped a 16-year drought of losing in Denver. Uh, The Warriors lost despite Stephen Curry dropping 50 points against the Suns. But we're going to talk about Kyrie Irving, who could rejoin the Nets as early as Sunday. He is nearing the completion of his chore list to return the team after being suspended for five games. if he, After missing tonight's game, it'll currently be an eighth consecutive uh, consecutive game. He has missed. The Nets are 6-9 and nine overall. They just got beat by 32 by Sacramento the other night. What could the potential return of Kyrie Irving mean for a team that's one of the biggest disappointments, not just in the East, but the entire NBA? I really don't know. I don't have a lot of positive things about the Brooklyn Nets, even with Kyrie Irving there. I mean, it's not like they were winning a whole bunch of games when he was playing for Brooklyn, and that's actually not an abnormal thing. Like, we've seen teams actually play pretty well without Kyrie Irving out there on the court, and I think Kyrie is one of the best finishers at the rim from any guard in NBA history. I'm not trying to say that he's not a good player, but I don't think that Kyrie Irving right now, especially with the headaches that he causes in the locker room, I just don't think that this is the guy that is going to take Brooklyn to the promised land. It seems to me the easiest thing to do for Brooklyn, and even the best thing to do is to just go ahead and cut ties with Kyrie. Listen, he's going to do absolutely nothing. We saw that they weren't winning before yes. he left, and now that he's back, his teammates are tired of his ass. I'm going to curse like y'all do. Yeah, do it. They're tired of him. He's coming in the locker room, eye rolls, sighing. You're going to get the whole nine because they're sick of this guy. He's a locker room room cancer. He's shown it at three places now. I don't know how many crossovers and crazy layups he has to do before owners understand that when he comes in your locker room, it is going to kaboom. It's going to blow up. Nobody wants to deal with this guy. I don't see much of an improvement once he comes back. The chemistry is diggy done where the does effects. I know you like the 90s. I absolutely <laughs> loved all of that. It actually shook me to the point where I can't move on and want yes. to let that marinate. By the way, Kyrie Irving, only two wins and, and there were six losses. So two exactly. and six when Kyrie was playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets. We got to get to a break. We're out at the Charlotte Auto Show having a great time looking at all the pretty cars. Very cool to see. When we come back, we're going to continue all of the things that um, all of the things that we have planned today including Campus Corner. Mike Hill addressed the Biff Pogey hire. We'll get to that in just a moment. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're out at the Charlotte Auto Show starting today, lasting through November 20th on Sunday. Starting today, it actually already did about 45 minutes ago. So you can come here between 12 and 9, Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. There's interactive and educational experience to see the latest technology in electric vehicles. You can see the fleet of vehicles the city of Charlotte is driving right now. Plus, 
you can visit the Duke Energy Garage to learn about the benefits of EV ownership and how to easily charge your EV at home. So some cool stuff if you want to learn something here at the Charlotte Auto Show. Again, we're going to be out here until 3 o'clock. I believe Kyle Bailey is coming out here as well, and he's going to be doing the show for the Kyle, Kyle Bailey Show here at the Charlotte Auto Show, too. So very cool to see all of these. Real quickly, I wanted to ask you, you said... You said amidst your rant, I'm gonna cuss like y'all do. Do we do we cuss too much? Well, like no, you offended. don't curse too much. I don't mind <laughs> it at all. But I had to use y'all as a gauge of what I could say and what I couldn't say. So now I feel like I have a good grasp yeah. of what I can say. On I, the radio. I think I think you kind of get the idea. It's always nice to be too cautious. But for me, even even like saying some words that are allowed, I get a little a little queasy. Yeah, like, say it. Yeah, you know, like I, I yeah, I'll say it like every once in a while. But yeah, like, no, I'm yeah, just gonna yeah. I'm gonna leave that at bay but yeah. it's funny that you use that really i'm sure you use fitty more as a gauge listen if fitty was out here if he could get one of these cars he'd get a girl for sure oh i honestly i think fitty fit look fitty i think honestly what you need to do is pull a joey triviani from friends yeah. and then just cover up a car and act like you own a porsche or a porsche hey we could have we could have got him good photo ops for the profile yes posing by one of the oh, Porsche. We, we could get some sunglasses and then he could just tell the women my porsche is in a shop right now yeah you know what i'm saying but when uh, it gets out, we can go for a ride. And, and then she'll be asking him three years and two kids in. Hey, is your Porsche ever getting out of the <laughs> when shop? It, when is it? No. Yeah, is your Porsche no, ever I'm getting sorry, out of the babe. shop? Honey? No, nah, it's baby. taking forever. Now go now. get the kids. Some, something's wrong with the transmission. Yeah. <laughs> so, something happened there. You <laughs> that doggone Porsche. Hey, Fitty, the hinge profile will be popping if you let you. us do this. We already got your plan right there. Like I said, hey, three years, can, two kids. Can you get Flounder to run the run the board and then you come on over here and we can do that? Yeah. Nah, he, he he already had to run the morning show with Jeff mm. Rickard, so I mean I can't ask him to do any more work or he'll just complain endlessly. That sounds like an excuse. I'm sure we can find somebody. Yeah, just to come help on you out, out here, man. We you need this. We Let, need just, this for the profile. I, I'm sure management and or advertisers wouldn't be happy with us if we just did one whole show without any breaks. But that's the alternative, and so we need to get Fitty some love life. And out we here. can get him to lean on it and eat the breakfast I saw him with this morning. <laughs> that 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 uh, what, what breakfast Cajun was that? had with the cheer wine. Yeah. He can be posting up with it, act, and they'll really think it's his. Fitty, did you finish off your Cajun biscuit and cheer wine with a Snickers bar this morning? <laughs> What was that? Did you finish your chick, uh, your chicken biscuit and cheer wine with a Snickers bar this morning? Look, you might hate on the fact that I ate a Snickers bars for breakfast. I'm not going to hate until my doctor diagnosed me with diabetes. But your answer is no. <laughs> I do have a Coke, though. Flounder brought me in a Coke. Okay. So, so I've now gone from cheer wine to Coke. But no Snickers bars, but the day is he young. He has now had about three days' worth of sugar between having that 32-ounce <laughs> cheer wine and now a full Coca-Cola. Uh, oh, Woo! yeah. It's 32 ounces. All right. Well, that's fitty. We, we got. We got to love you, fitty. I, I ate like this in college, though. I will say that. So speaking of college, let's now visit the campus. Nice corner transition. As nice. we, uh, I appreciate that. As we talk a little bit more about college football and the entire landscape as it affects the Carolinas. How about Mike Hill, the AD of the Charlotte 49ers, deciding to go with Biff Pogey as the new 49er head coach after they decided to fire Will Healy in the middle of the season? Well, guess what? Mike Hill joined the Kyle Bailey show yesterday to talk about that decision i think you know biff really stood out um, above the rest of the field because he just has a set of skills that are unusual you know for a head football coach i mean i would say you know in addition obviously to his tremendous success as a coach at both the high school and the collegiate level and as a player 
the collegiate level, but, but certainly also in business. I mean, all of those factors were really fascinating. And, and I'll be honest with you. I think when we, you know, first heard Biff's name and, you know, heard about his story and learned more about him, you know, we were intrigued. But, you know, really not sure. We wanted to learn more about him and spent a ton of time researching him as we did all of our candidates. You know, and the more we dug into it, then eventually engaged with him and had multiple conversations, it was really clear this is a special guy. This is a guy who just different. He specializes in leadership. And, oh, by the way, he's a great football coach. He's got a long history of success, certainly at the high school level. And then more recently uh, as associate head coach at, at University of Michigan and as a player. All sorts of factors that went into it. But more than anything, this guy is a tremendous leader of young men. And the hedge fund buddies that he's going to bring. <laughs> Did, Did you he remember to say that? I, I, I like the idea of us having some type of translator when we have these media yeah. clips, and then you can just go ahead and say what they really mean. I do think a lot of that. <laughs> he definitely means that, though, because I, I wonder so many times when authority figures will go in a different direction when hiring a new head coach. Oftentimes, there might be some overcorrection or just a complete opposite direction in the way you go. Will Healy, really young. Biff Pogey, over 60 years old. More of a leader. Will Healy going to come in and be this new guy? Not to say Will wasn't a leader, but he felt more like a peer, which was something I think that attracted some teams to Will Healy, and especially Charlotte after Mike Houston tried to parlay that interview into a job with ECU. I do think that you have a complete opposite guy coming in now with Biff Pogey. I'm excited to see where it goes, Wes. I, I do think that it's a very different hire. You can't say it's the old run-of-the-mill type of thing that the Charlotte 49ers exercise under Mike Hill. Well, the thing is, when Will Healy came in, they were comparing him to a young Dabo. I said, wait a minute, okay? But this hire, it seems like he is the CEO figurehead type of guy where he may not be the big X's and O's, but he is going to build this program and take it the next step. He's going to get the right coaches in here that, that are going to do all of the football things that he needs done. But as far as just organizational things, building the program, raising the profile, and the most important thing when they when they talked about what he did at Michigan, building the culture of Charlotte. Charlotte needs a culture. These kids that run around here playing football in Charlotte, they need something to be able to say is the reason they want to go to Charlotte. Because right now, if you ask them, the only thing they would say is, oh, I just want to represent for my city. But they need something to point to and say, this is where I want to go and this is why. But then, as I said, you know, I think Biff is going to bring some Skrilla in here that's <laughs> going to be much needed for this program to get these recruits. We talked about NIL values yesterday. Yeah. That's a big thing, okay? These kids, especially the top 10 ones, they want the Skrilla. So they need it. So they're also going to need a guy. This guy knows how to generate money, and I'm sure he's got friends that's got lots of money that's also going to help as well but as far as everything else i think he's going to be the ceo ceo type of guy that's going to help build this culture of unc charlotte from the bottom up and give them a new profile that's the voice of wes bryant former wake forest offensive lineman i'm walker mail and helping us out at the studio is josh fitty marlowe a couple more hours to go we're going to get to my case for drake may winning the heisman we got fire or fizzle at 140 coming up next we'll discuss what it means big picture if the panthers actually win on sunday it's also to come on the wes and walker show sports radio 92.7 wfnz